This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Given that it's a Friday, you know a lot of people are looking forward to the weekend. But of course, today might not be a commute like you're used to. And that's because unionized employees of the Coast Mountain Bus Company began some job action this morning. So what it means in reality is that you'll see bus drivers not wearing their uniforms. Also, though, CBUS and maintenance workers are refusing overtime. That may seem like a small thing in reality. It actually is not. We'll talk more about that in a moment. In fact, the company's president says that the overtime ban is going to start causing problems on the CBUS as early as this afternoon. They're going to have to take uh, one of the CBUSes out of the sailing rotation because it's you, essentially it can't be done without having the overtime maintenance workers work on it. Uh, one of the sticking points, of course, in all of this is the issue of working conditions and breaks for the employees. So earlier today on the John McComb Show with Mike Smith, the president and general manager of the Coast Mountain Bus Company, Michael McDaniel, was on, and he was asked about the amount of time that drivers currently get for breaks. We put, uh, on average, about 18% into the schedule for recovery time, and uh, that time the, the operator can use that for uh, for all of those purposes, decompress, uh, get something to eat, um, uh, go to the washroom. So we have in our agreement uh, an, an increase to that. Uh, we have uh, minimums in our schedule of five minutes. We have uh, minimums uh, across the entire day. For example, if an operator is working uh, over seven and a half hours, they're going to get 60 minutes in their schedule for recovery time. Uh, that is an increase. Our, our agreement has acknowledged that uh, we need to put more time into recovery time. We've heard that. We've heard our, our operators tell us that. We have that in our proposal to the union right now. Right. That may be what's in the agreement, but what is the reality, though, that bus drivers are facing out there? Because they, of course, tell a different story. Let's get an update now on what is happening with this. Joining us now, Global News reporter, CKNW host, Jill Bennett, who's been covering this story. Hi, Jill. Hi, Simi. Okay, where are you today? So I am just headed. That was, uh, as we just heard, Mike McDaniel, uh, McDaniel. He's doing another update in about an hour. So we're going to hear from him again. Uh, right now, though, uh, the union Unifor uh, members are at a station in Surrey handing out T-shirts to the drivers. Because, as you mentioned, today is the first day of the job action. That includes drivers not wearing uniforms. I don't think they have to wear the T-shirts, but it's a bit of a, a visual. Handing out T-shirts saying the ban right now is on uniforms. You can wear these T-shirts and showing support for drivers that, as you mentioned, are in this first wave of job action. Right. Okay. So what's it been like so far this morning? What have you heard? So this morning, pretty much as we expected, things operating as usual. But as you mentioned, it's the whole issue of the overtime, in particular the overtime with that C-bus, because... Uh, again, it's this idea that the third CBUS only operates because an engineer has to be on board every one of those vessels. And what we're being told is that the third vessel only operates because an engineer stays and works overtime every single shift, which really raises the question on how reliant the system is on overtime to make it run and to make it operate. So that's why we're hearing that so soon things might change on the CBUS, that it will go then from a 10-minute interval to a 15-minute interval, which, again, might not sound like a huge deal, but that's what it used to be before they brought on that third crossing. And if you talk to people who use the C-Bus, they'll say it's made a huge difference as far as wait times, crowded vessels, and is very much utilized. So it will have an impact, especially if we do see that third C-Bus taken off the route this afternoon. As for the buses, 
We're going to be paying a visit to, a bit later on to one of the transit, one of the maintenance yards, just to see how things operate. That's where we could see things in the next few days, because you can imagine if a bus breaks down or even yeah. needs regular maintenance or, or a scheduled inspection, those, we're told as well, are often done by people who have agreed to stay and work overtime. So as soon as that's needed and the person isn't there to do it, that bus is going to be taken out of service. So it's going to be a wait and see which routes are most effective. There's no way of knowing at this point, but both sides do agree that is going to lead to service disruptions. That sounds like a system, though, that is really overly reliant on people working overtime to get things done, doesn't it? That's what I thought. And we did ask the union about that yesterday. And and we're told, yeah, that's that's a problem. And, and how do you fix that? If it's a problem of skilled workers, it's a problem of recruiting people. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was just a few weeks ago. We saw people lining up to go and work for Coast Mountain Bus Company. They did the job fair to try and recruit and bring in new employees. So clearly there's the need. There are jobs to be filled. They're just not filled at this point. Right. Okay. So they are on a hiring spree, but clearly not fast enough. So uh, no talk scheduled on this. Is there? I know that the Coast Mountain Bus Company has said they want to get back to the table. Do you, is there any desire that you're hearing about right now to make that happen? It doesn't sound like it. We've heard that and this is the problem, Simi, and we know this anytime we're covering labor negotiations, as soon as they start releasing details, it becomes a he said, she said, he yeah. said, he said, because we're hearing now from the company that the wage offers are 12% for the one group, 9.4%. Well, yesterday we heard from the union, well, they didn't say 10%. They said they wanted the $3 that's the difference between, say, a bus driver in Vancouver and a bus driver in Toronto. Well, when we're talking about a wage of $31 an hour, it works out to about 10%. So if you take that at face value, it sounds like it's the same thing, but clearly it's not because talks broke down, as you know, yeah. and there are no other talks scheduled. Uh, we've also been hearing from the company. They say they want the third-party mediation or an arbitrator. The union says nobody's asked us for that. Nobody's tabled that idea. We haven't heard from them on that. So it's a lot of this back and forth, which I don't think is helpful to the transit user at all, which just wants to know if you can get home from work at the end of the day. I think that is so true. All right, Jill, thank you. We'll get an update later on the show. Okay, sounds good. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.